It has been a beautiful, beautiful morning here this morning. I'm so excited to be here to worship with you. I am Pastor Karen Busby. I am the Caring Ministries Pastor here at Crosswinds, and I was so excited when Craig, Pastor Craig asked me to speak this weekend before Thanksgiving because it allows me to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is gratitude. So I'm super excited to be here with you this morning. Perhaps more than any other month of the year, November is a month that is riddled with the word grateful and gratitude. The Thanksgiving holiday is a day that we have purposely set apart to give thanks. And it's a beautiful thing to think about. But it also makes me a little bit sad because there are 11 other months of the year and 364 other days that we can be grateful. Why do we only talk about it and focus on it in November? My personal theory is because life is hard and unexpected and our focus often shifts to the hard rather than the grateful in our day-to-day depending on life's circumstances. This morning, we're going to look at how we can implement gratitude practices into our everyday lives throughout the whole year, the difference that that can make, and why we practice gratitude in the first place. Some of you may be sitting here thinking, you have no idea what I'm going through right now. Gratitude is not what I'm thinking or feeling. I would argue that this message is more for you than anyone else here this morning. I read a study on the science of gratitude from 2018, and here is what it said for some of the benefits of practicing gratitude in our daily life. Increased happiness, positive mood, more satisfaction with life, less materialistic, less likely to experience burnout, better physical health, better sleep, lower levels of cellular inflammation, greater resiliency, encourages development of patience, something that I know I definitely need more of, humility, and wisdom. That's a pretty great list, right? I'm sure many of you have heard the term attitude of gratitude. It is important to have an attitude of gratitude It's even more important to live a life of gratitude. I recently read this quote from a Brené Brown book that says, for years, I subscribed to the notion of an attitude of gratitude. I've since learned that an attitude is an orientation or a way of thinking that having an attitude doesn't always translate to a behavior. Let me give you an example. I can tell you that I believe wholeheartedly that reading scripture every day is important and beneficial to my walk with Jesus. I have an attitude of someone who believes God's word is important, but that doesn't really make a difference unless I actually open God's word and implement it into my everyday life. We can have an attitude of gratitude. We can believe it's important to be grateful, but unless we consciously choose to live that out, it will simply not provide the benefits it's capable of. Gratitude is not simply an attitude that we subscribe to, but a discipline that we must commit to. 
A discipline is something to make your, you make yourself do to bend your life in the right direction. Disciplines save us from being human ping pong balls, if you will, that are batted around by emotions and urges and circumstances and desires. Listen to these words from the Apostle Paul written in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Before I go on, I want to address one word of caution with this verse. Paul was not teaching here that we should thank God for everything that happens to us, but in everything. Evil does not come from God, so we should not thank him for it. But when evil strikes, we can still be thankful for God's presence and for the good that will come through that time of distress. Paul wrote to be thankful in all circumstances. All circumstances. Don't make the mistake of reserving gratitude for when you feel like it. It's God's will that you give thanks in every circumstance, and I will fully acknowledge that that is a tall order. Anyone else ever find themselves in a season, maybe even right in this moment, where you don't really want to give thanks? Why does God want our lives to be shaped by gratitude? This morning, we're going to explore that together. My mom and I recently had a conversation about thank you notes. When you go out of your way to do something kind for someone, you don't usually do it to be thanked, right? But doesn't it feel really good when you are? To know that the person appreciated whatever it was you did for them or gave them, that feels good. I'm sure most of you know by now that I'm a first grade teacher. And this week I had one particular day where I just felt immense gratitude that I get to do what I do every day. I am not a manners hound by any means, but man, do I notice when they're used. So one day this week, I was handing out papers, and every single one of my students thanked me when I gave them the paper. Later in the week, I replaced all of their old and broken crayons, and the chorus of excited thank yous as they came in and noticed was such a beautiful thing to hear. You have no idea what a blessing fresh crayons are in November. <laughs> and I don't do it for the thank you, but what a gift it is when they show their appreciation. Have you ever wondered if God likes to be thanked? I imagine so, don't you? I mean, everyone likes to be thanked. He doesn't need our thanks, but that doesn't mean he doesn't desire it. Listen to this quote by C.S. Lewis. Gratitude explains very properly how good of God to give me this. Exclaims very properly how good of God to give me this. I think about the story in Luke's gospel of the 10 lepers that begged for Jesus' healing. Uh, Luke 17, chapter, or verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I don't know about you, but I would have expected all ten men to run to Jesus and thank him for that new start in life. But only one did, and he wasn't even a Jew. How grateful they should have been. Now, before we get too judgy on the other nine, we probably should take a look in the mirror. Too often, I think we are content to enjoy the gift or the blessing, but we forget the gifter. We're quick to pray, but slower to praise. God likes to receive our thanks and praise, but I also think it is true that God wills us to be grateful because he loves us. Being thankful is the best way to live, and Jesus wants us to live abundant lives. Even secular psychology acknowledges the positive benefits of a grateful heart. There are volumes of books, tons of research, and journal articles on it. And as I mentioned at the beginning, grateful people are more positive. They're mentally healthy and emotionally balanced. Some studies call gratitude positive noticing. It focuses our attention on the positive. The first point this morning is when we practice gratitude, it anchors us in the now. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how when we are in a particular season, we don't tend to enjoy the season for all that it is. And we're constantly looking to the next season. When I was a kid, I could not wait to get older. I couldn't wait to do whatever I wanted, to be able to live on my own, to do all of the grown-up things. Looking back, man, did I have so much to be grateful for. So much I wish I could go back to today, but may not be socially appropriate for a 40-year-old, right? <laughs> I had it good. My mom did my laundry. I lived in a warm house for free. She made the best home-cooked meals. My responsibilities were minimal. Man, I miss that. The only thing that has remained the same is my bedtime. <laughs> it's a bit of an extreme example, but I think you understand. I'm sure you can all think of a season in your life that you wished away thinking about the next season. But when we really stop and we look at each season, we have so many things to be grateful for if we only open our eyes to see them. Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, Say not, why were the former days better than these? The same is true today. Regardless of the season that you were in, when you take time to be grateful, it can be used as an anchor for the here and the now. We can look back and be grateful for what has been. But we also need to remember to look out right in front of us and see what we have to be grateful for today. We also need to be mindful of not rushing the season that we are in, <clears throat> looking too far into the future. We often talk about what it will be like when the season we're in is over. When you have more money 
or more independence, when your children leave home, when you're done with school, when you find the right job, you fill in the thing. When that thing happens, then I will be in a good spot. We delay our own happiness by waiting for some future event. Gratitude brings happiness into the present. Paul said to be thankful in all circumstances, not after. This is God's will for us in all circumstances, even right where you are today. The next reason we practice gratitude in every season is that it invites the Holy Spirit in. Think about the story of Adam and Eve. God placed them in a garden filled with so much. They had each other. They had fellowship with God. They had meaningful work to do. They had access to the tree of life that would keep them living forever. But in the garden was also a tempter. He encouraged them to get their eyes off what they had and onto what they didn't have. When you are focused on the lack, Satan has you right where he wants you. But gratitude is a game changer. It gets your eyes focused, refocused on God's blessings. James calls lack of gratitude a type of deception. In chapter 1, verses 16 through 17, it says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I really believe that gratitude invites the presence of the Holy Spirit into our lives. He highlights what God is doing to meet our needs from the very mundane things in life to the miracles. He confirms to our spirit that Jesus is enough and reminds us that God's timing is perfect. The next reason we practice gratitude in every season is that it imparts peace and fosters a sense of contentment. Pastor Betty actually shared this passage last week, but listen again to what Paul writes in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we pray, it is right and good to give God thanks and praise for what he has already done before we make another ask. This simply demonstrates that we are already grateful. We know that he has heard and he has answered our prayers and taken care of us in the past. And so we trust him with whatever the need is in that moment. It is our way of recognizing God's spirit and presence in our lives. And when we do, God's peace tr transcends our understanding and helps to guard our hearts and our minds. God's grace might work in our lives to reveal that even some of our biggest struggles are actually gifts from him. Something he can use for our good and his glory. Gratitude transforms our perception and help us to, helps us to see the promise in every situation. And I will tell you firsthand what a powerful, powerful shift that can be. I am not perfect at this. I am currently feeling a wrestling in my heart with it even today. However, I have a past that could either taunt me or 
propel me closer to the peace of Jesus. And I am abundantly, abundantly grateful for my understanding of the love and the forgiveness that has been bestowed upon me so that I don't have to live in my tainted past. Amen? In the same way that gratitude imparts peace, it also fosters a sense of contentment. Paul writes this in 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 8, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of the world. Did you know that was scriptural? It's a very common phrase, right? But it's in scripture. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. Gratitude guards our hearts and our minds against envy. When we are grateful for what we have, we are so much less likely to be envious of others. Comparison and envy are joy thieves. Listen to these words by uh, an author named Lisa Apello. Gratitude makes us realize God has given us far more than we deserve because there's enough for everyone we can cheer rather than compare. A heart wholly grateful has no room left for envy. The next reason we practice gratitude in every season is that it builds our faith. This morning, we sang a a song, Firm Foundation, which wasn't originally on the set list. And as I listened to it this morning, I was like, man, it was so perfect. It was so perfect for this message. Listen to these lyrics. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus because he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? When we consider God's faithfulness record, it's pretty solidly 100%. Does he always come through how we think he should or how we might hope for? No, he doesn't. But is he faithful every single time? Yes, every single time. When we consider the ways God has been faithful in the past, it helps us to be grateful in our presence. It helps us to acknowledge that he has been and he will be faithful. And the more we think on his faithfulness, the more gratitude will come pouring out. Psalm 136.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Forever. The next reason that we practice gratitude in every season is it invites joy. I mentioned Brene Brown earlier, and I will tell you, I find her her writing and her research fascinating from a scientific perspective on how our brains work and the connection and the vulnerability that we crave. Her theology doesn't fully align with mine, but her research is incredible, incredible. Joy and gratitude have been a huge part of that. In one of her books, she quotes a Jesuit priest who said, it is not joy that makes us grateful. It is gratefulness that brings us joy. It is not joy that makes us grateful. It is gratefulness that brings us joy. We need joy for our journey. Psalm 126 talks about the journey of the exiles back to the promised land. Even before they arrived, they were filled with joy and gratitude. Verse 3 in Psalm 126 says, The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. On the journey, 
before they had even seen the great things that they had, that God had for them, they were grateful. They hadn't even seen the richness of the blessings that awaited. They were grateful in anticipation before they saw it with their eyes. Joy is not a destination. It is a journey. Nehemiah reminded the people that the joy of the Lord is their strength. And if you want more joy, build gratitude into your life in tangible ways. Tell people when they bless you. Talk about your blessings with others. Pause to pray and name God's blessings in your life. It is powerful to share the journey with others. It is powerful to call out those blessings in our lives and give God the glory for it all. God gets the glory for it all. Most of you know that Pastor Betty is one of my very best friends, and there is not a time that I leave her in person or hang up with her on the phone without telling her that I love her. Sometimes she will respond with the same, but nearly every time she responds with, thank you. I used to pick on her for it quite a bit um, because I didn't fully understand the gratitude behind it. One day, very recently, someone else overheard her say that to me and was like, what kind of response is that? Like, tell her you love her too. So she explained that it was something that her grandmother had taught her. She had taught her that love was a gift. And when someone tells you that they love you, thanking them in return for the gift of their love was a good and right thing to do. How beautiful is that? It's a good and right thing to do to say thank you. Finally, when we practice gratitude in every season, it builds our testimony. Psalm 105.1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Another quote from author Lisa Apelles is, When we thank God openly and acknowledge what he has done for us, we proclaim a personal, caring God to the world around us. We show that contentment and peace come not from what we have, but who we know. Maybe one of the most important things we can say about gratitude is that it glorifies God. There is a cycle of blessings that starts when we give thanks. As we live grateful lives, others will take notice. It may even create opportunities to share God's grace with others, which in turn will cause more and more thanksgiving to overflow, all the while glorifying God. God. A Christian is someone who has decided to accept the gift of salvation offered to us through Christ Jesus and to live from that point forward, not for our own glory, but for the glory of God. The best way we can bring glory to our creator is simply to give him thanks at all times, in all circumstances, for all his blessings to anyone and everyone who will listen. There are so many ways that we can practice gratitude in our everyday lives, and I'd like to share just a few with you while also recognizing that we are all very different, and what works for me very well may not work for you, and that is completely okay. I have a practice I do with two different friends each night. Three years ago, my friend Nicole and I began texting each other at the end of our day five things we are grateful for on that day. Three years we've been doing it, over three years now. This practice has anchored me in the now on a daily basis, and I will be honest, 
There have been some days and seasons where my list was super surfaced because my vision has been clouded by whatever circumstances were in the moment. The bottom line, though, is that every single day, even if it was coffee, blankets, and a warm bed, I always, always have things around me to be grateful for. What I have learned is that I'm able to find something even on the hardest day because it has become a discipline. Sometime last year, Nicole began this practice with her teenage daughter as well. What an amazing opportunity to train her daughter to be on the lookout for moments to be grateful for throughout her day. A ripple has started and gratitude has multiplied. Another friend, Jess and I share what we call glimmers, little moments that bring us joy each day. It really is the same thing, just with a different name. Sometimes I share similar things with both, but sometimes my lists are different, which means I'm even more grateful on those days. When you look for the moments and train your eyes and your heart to see them, it steadies your feet and your heart, even during difficult circumstances. Life is too short to defer gratitude to another day. Those are often some of my last texts I send before bed at night, allowing my heart and mind to rest with gratitude at the forefront of my mind. I have never been one to journal, but Pastor Betty's been trying to get me to for 15 years. I know for some that's a really powerful way to track gratitude, as well as to recognize the way that God has been faithful in the past, giving you hope and encouragement for how he will be faithful in your current circumstances or in the future. Perhaps that's something that would work for you. Maybe it's just a conversation with your family around the dinner table about something that happened that day that you are grateful for. How you recognize your gratitude is up to you. But I encourage you to consider making a conscious effort to live with not just an attitude of gratitude, but also a discipline of gratitude. Imagine what God can do within the walls of your home or in the confines of your friend circle because of your influence. I don't know where you're at this morning. Perhaps you were in the midst of a really hard season and it is difficult to make a list. Think small at first. And as you begin to see God work in your situation, your gratitude will grow. Perhaps you're super stoked for Thanksgiving and are living with a great, super grateful heart this week. That is awesome. But I want to remind you of the words, in all seasons. Are you ready for the hard season that will come down the road? It will come. Are you ready? Maybe you're here this morning and you don't really understand why God deserves our gratitude. Let me encourage you with this this morning. Jesus paid the penalty for your sins so that you could live and walk in freedom. And there is no greater gift than that and nothing more powerful than that to be grateful for this morning. If you have not yet accepted him, why wait? Why not today? Wherever you are, I pray that you will take time this Thanksgiving season and beyond to give God and those who surround you thanks and praise for the many blessings that you have. Let's pray this morning. 
God, I am so grateful this morning for this body of believers that is here, for the opportunity to worship together, Lord, to sing your praise. Lord, for the ability to witness life change through baptism. Lord, what a beautiful morning it has been. Lord, this morning I ask that you be here with us in this room, Lord, that you would stir up in us a heart full of gratitude for all that you have done for us, for all that we have. Lord, that you would help anchor us in the now. Lord, that you would increase our joy, that you would increase our peace. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would reign in us and help us to be more and more grateful each and every day. Lord, even in the midst of our difficult seasons, would we give you thanks and praise for all that you have already done, Lord, and for the expectation of what you will do in the future. Lord, we are grateful. Lord, for those who have not yet accepted you, I pray for them this morning, Lord, that they would take that next step of faith that they would invite you into their heart and their lives, Lord, that they would be immensely grateful this morning for what you have done for them. Lord, would you be the one to be glorified in each and every one of us, each and every day, Lord. It's for your glory. We love you. We praise you. Amen.